It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to Locked On Yankees. I'm your host for this one, a special, not a special edition, but a edition that you will see posted sometime on Monday, Larry Fleischer. I'm a long-time media guy who's written thousands of articles about the about the Yankees. If you type in my name, Larry Fleischer, Yankees, and uh, we're recording this several hours after a weekend that uh, the Yankees and anyone else associated with the Yankees, fans, players would like to shake off kind of a f- just forget ever existed and uh, all everything else and we'll delve into that in just a bit I'd like to remind you that if you would like to subscribe to the show you can download it on any uh, podcast thing uh, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, anything else like that. Leave a rating. Tell us what you think, what you want to hear. You know, anything anything of that nature. And you can also like that if you want to advertise or know of anybody who likes to advertise, who want, who has a desire to advertise on the show. You can email us at lockedonnyy at gmail.com. As for uh, what unfolded this weekend, I don't think it, this, this will be not a Yankees classic. This will be a weekend, a weekend that we prefer to. We'd prefer to uh, forget uh, that started with a really frustrating two to one loss. The Yankees had all sorts of runners. The game took forever, and the game ended with Brett Gardner hitting two, only his second double play of the year. Okay, you can accept it. That happens. Then it happens. Then it then it followed up with a four nothing loss where again the Yankees had all sorts of runners. Sonny Gray pitched, kind of pitched like he was going to get whacked for a while, whacked around for a while, falling behind three nothing after two, and then settled to a nice groove and then gave another home run. The game ended in less than three hours, which is always a bonus when you're watching these. Here, concerned about pace of play, and then came today. This was a, from a baseball standpoint, you would say it's a compelling game. It was, it was three, it was two nothing, Rays three two, Yankees four three six three, six five six six, and then ultimately it ended with a chasing, chasing Shreve fastball being hit by Jake Bowers. 420 feet away into the center field over the center field wall. But there was a lot of frustrating parts about this game. Mostly 
Gary Sanchez tugging at his groin after trying to beat out a double play. I'm actually watching the highlight of it as we speak. And oh my God, does that look painful. Uh, if I was going to guess, I would say he would be out at least until the All-Star break. Um, possibly. Possibly a couple weeks later. That just didn't look painful. But, you know, but it, it, it's a play that you can make a contention. It not have happened if, um, not for the quirkiness of Tampa Bay's ballpark. And in case you're wondering what I'm talking about, if you saw the ninth inning, Clint Frazier hit a ball. Kind of high. Definitely far enough. It just ricocheted off the wrong thing. It ricocheted off a speaker. So instead of going over the fence in left field, it came back into play, and Dini Hechevaria knew exactly where to uh, where to play the ball. And he was waiting for it and caught it for the first out of the top of the ninth. So instead of a home run, it is a pop-up. And why a speaker is in fair territory in any ballpark, dome or not dome or not a dome, is beyond me. And really one of the more frustrating components to... Uh, Yankees losing three straight for the first time all year. But they still had their chance. Brett Gardner doubled, which that's another one that could have been home run. Dismissed. That that happens, whatever. But they just couldn't get it done. It's kind of highlighted the frustration of the Yankees. Of the Yankees all weekend. But I'm here to tell you that you should probably not panic. I'm pretty sure the Yankees aren't. This isn't the panicky days of the 1980s where we'd hear missives and all that. Though sometimes you read some of the things on the internet and... Yeah. It's panic city over there sometimes. But... I'm not going to tell you not to panic if they lost the next three because I think that would be a cause for concern because of what follows with the Boston Red Sox playing but if you would have told me coming into this season that the Yankees would go 74 games without losing three in a row I'd be like great where do I sign up I I mean that just doesn't happen and to illustrate, uh, I don't know the exact time, but I'm pretty sure this is the deepest, if not the deepest, the Yankees have gone that far into the season. And, uh, yeah, they were actually, but uh, here's another thing that's kind of cool, good friend of, of ours, at least on Twitter. Katie Sharp tells us this is the fourth time in the last 80 years the Yankees have had zero walk-off losses. 
within their first 74 games. The other times, 2005, 99, 98. Two of those World Series years. Another year is a year where they came on late after a really ugly start. But, hey, these, again, these things have a way of happening sometimes. And, uh, th- you know, there are some things that I think you can be concerned about. Chase and Tree was going through those rough patches. One of those rough patches, case in point. Chase and Treve in his last nine appearances, eight innings, nine runs, 13 hits, four runs, four home runs. And if you read the responses to the tweets, such as, I wouldn't be surprised if Shreve is demoted back to AAA. He would need to be DFA'd. People also complaining about Neil Walker. Aaron Boone, you need to be a better skip. You can't use him in high-pressure situations. Can you explain why Shreve is on the roster? And this guy gets handed the ball, among other things. And then apparently there's a hashtag DFA Shreve. Well, while he... I guess it's possible he might get DFA'd at some point. I would be kind of stunned. Not stunned, but I wouldn't expect it if it happened tomorrow. Because uh, he threw one pitch. They used everyone but Rollis Chapman. And no knock on Jonathan Loisiga, but I think it's unlikely he gets past five innings. Tomorrow in Philadelphia, and the Yankees will be pinch hitting early with their bench. Not just not because of anything he does, just the fact of life in a National League ballpark. You're trying to win the games as much as you can, and that brings us to what lies ahead. Um, as I'm watching the Phillies try to close out the Nationals, they have the bases loaded in the ninth inning. Game was delayed by rain. And this will be an interesting series, not because it's of geography and all that. It's just, you know, it's people who have their knocks on interleague play. And, you know, there are some points, some things don't bring the juice. Like, uh, you know, Rays and the Cincinnati Reds, for example. But other things do. Mets, Yankees, Phillies, Yankees. And, you know, there's some interesting components. The Yankees are hitting in a bandbox. This probably might be their national, one of the National League equivalent to Yankee Stadium. And tomorrow they'll see Vince Velasquez, who is 5-7, 4.82 ERA. So Velasquez has had a history of injuries, but he's fairly inconsistent this year. Uh, Case in point, three starts ago, nine hits, ten runs, followed by one run, one hit, two runs, and four runs. So, he's one guys. We're not. You're never sure what's going to happen. Jake Arrieta, and then uh, they will see Zach Elfin, who has pitched fairly well in his last couple of times out. And it also brings us to a. Good decision, I think, the Yankees made for two reasons here. CC Sabathia was originally slated to 
start on on Wednesday. It would have been his turn. He pitched Saturday, he had pitched Friday night. Took a second tough loss to the Rays. Instead, they pushed him back to Friday. Inserted Louis Sessa in there. Not that I'm necessarily looking forward to, you know. And as I say this now, the Nationals have have taken the lead. Excuse me, this game is in the eighth inning, apparently. I have the sound turned down. But anyway, getting back to my point about... I think you want to save him for a... A, a series against the Red Sox. And B, you want to keep him out of the uh, National League ballparks. Uh, not, not that I necessarily am against pitchers hitting in National League ballparks. That's another topic we can delve into. Uh, but you're always concerned when a pitcher, especially a, a veteran pitcher, gets on base and has to run the bases in a National League ballpark. We say that because of that Masahiro Tanaka, who injured both hamstrings, which is something I never heard happen, against the Mets two weeks ago. And is why Jonathan Lawasiga is starting tomorrow. But you, you don't want to see... Uh, you don't want to risk it. So it's good to... Uh, it's good to play it safe, so Luis Sessa will get that start, and uh, I guess we're kind of intrigued to see what he can do. I mean, we haven't seen much of him this year. He's been injured. I mean, we know what his body of work has been so far, and it's been mixed at best. But, you know, we do want, we do want to err on the side of caution. And speaking of uh, Tanaka... This is probably, other than Giancarlo Stanton having five hits, which is a rare feat. The Yankees have played, uh, I don't know how many games they've played, but in their history, they've only had 126 games with five hits and three with six hits. That's 129 out of whatever. So it's a very small percentage of the games have been this way. But, so that was the good news on a... Lost weekend, really lost weekend, weekend that you would like to pretend never happened. One thing that did happen was Masahiro Tanaka throwing a 26 ball pitch bullpen session. It is the first time, and by all accounts, it went well. He says he admits that he was being cautious, but it turned out he didn't feel anything, so everything is fine. He's also he also did some light running. And he threw his all, all of his pitches without any pain, which is, frankly, is the most important thing to do. Next up will be another bullpen session on Tuesday at the minor league complex, and if that goes well, I guess it's possible he could uh, make a rehab start, maybe see him before the All Star break. So that that was encouraging. But overall, it was not a good weekend for the Yankees. But I'm here to tell you that you 
probably shouldn't hit the panic button already, or if you have, you should uh, recall it. Yankees are 50 and 25, still in first place. Still doing well. And they're headed into an, I don't know if it's their most interesting stretch of the season, but a fairly interesting stretch. Three against the Red Sox, Phillies. Three against the Braves, and we look, we're looking forward. I mean, I'm looking forward to those games. I'm curious to see how the Yankees, how, how the young kids on the Braves stack up. Yeah, the Albies of the world, and I'm curious to see how the Phillies stack up. Though, God, they're going to be tired. They're in the eighth inning at twelve fifteen in the morning, as we're recording this. But this is probably the worst three games the Yankees have played all year. And if these are your worst three games all season, I think you're doing something right. But hopefully we do not see the Yankees and anyone else who roots for them and everything else. Do not see three more games like this in Philadelphia because... You do not want to have a six-game losing streak heading into a series with Boston. That would not be ideal. But what would be ideal is if you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, anything else that has a podcast thing that you can listen to. Leave us a rating and tell us what you think. Everything else. And if you'd like to advertise again that is locked on nyy at gmail.com i'm larry fleischer and you have been listening to locked on yankees heading as the yankees head into a three-game series with the phillies followed by three more against the red sox and have a good night hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.